Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast that this episode will actually be about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live, at least some of it will, in Day Job Studios in Brighton, Massachusetts, uh, not far from the Boston Marathon path, which is why I'm getting the hell out of here right after we record. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, Anne Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Bobby. And in the Glassman Subaru Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, at least as long as she has power, Meredith, the MVH Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. Yeah, there's an ice storm here today. You guys both have interesting weather, but let's not, uh, let's keep our powder dry on that because we have a segment dedicated to it. <laughs> like all interesting podcasts, we have a weather segment. We're going to do some LRB business, including that weather segment, then you're TBTL Week in Review, some housekeeping, and then we will remind you, dear listeners, how you, yes, you, can be involved with this show. Uh, but first, uh, something to address in business. Uh, for those of you who are loyal listeners and subscribers, you may have noticed that Friday's show was a little short, and by little short, I mean a lot short, because it was me rambling in a hotel room, telling a quick story. Um, that is because this has been a very long week. Um, I've been really busy. Everybody's been really busy. Meredith's been particularly busy, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and we just couldn't get it out this week, but we didn't want to leave you hanging. So if you didn't listen to Friday's show, I mean, you're missing a short anecdote from me about the first email in my Gmail inbox. <laughs> well, Bobby, you're, uh, you're very kind because everybody was really busy except me. I had nothing going on. But at some point, I think Friday morning or Thursday morning, I woke up and I was like, oh, God, what are we going to have for a show tomorrow? And I thought, I'm not doing it. I don't feel like whitewashing this fence today. I just don't. I, so I think that's great. It was me who I didn't drop the ball. I just decided not to play the game. And um, my therapist would be extremely proud of me for <laughs> deciding not to whitewash the fence for once. So personal, uh, emotional growth for Anne means no regular Friday show for the listeners. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, I love you, Anne. <laughs> I think it's the first time in my life I didn't say, oh my God, I got to make this happen. I Nobody am proud else is going to do it. Thank you. You know, we all do what we can do and that has to be enough. That's what they say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been uh, it's been a tight run. And Anne, you've been covering for me quite a bit more than normal with all of the crap in my life lately. So thank you. And uh, yeah, it's fine. I told everyone there was a Friday show. It was a choose your own readventure. Just go yes. back mm -hmm. to any any archive. Don't let us dictate to you what rerun you should listen to when we're busy. Anyone is good. Every show we put out is pretty great. So you're not going to go wrong just picking one at random. All right, your silence speaks volumes, so we'll move on to the weather <laughs> corner. <laughs> Who, ladies, which one of you would like to go first in telling us um, about the exciting, uh, enthralling weather in your neighborhood today? And I think yours is a little more severe than mine, so I'll be underwhelming and go first. <laughs> um, it's, you know, what is it right now? It's like in the mid-30s. We've got a lakeshore flood warning, which is something I'm not used to seeing anymore. 
So that's fun. Um, but it's been raining and freezing rain on and off all day today. Um, we're recording this on Sunday. Um, and it's been uh, pretty iffy with the power situation. The, the, the lights keep flickering on and off in the house. So I'm just uh, kind of crossing my fingers that it'll stay on until we're done with the show. That makes uh, it very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, us too, because I hardly took notes. We're really not at all on the days that you had assigned. And so well, you, I've got Monday and Wednesday, so if we get through Wednesday and I cut out, that's fine. <laughs> but we, we'll need your fire takes True. on the other days. True. Uh, and Anne, what's going on in the Twin Cities? Uh, well, I want to say that I'm really bummed because uh, guest host, guest friend of the show, Ellen Middaw, has been in town, was in town this week for a conference, and she and I plan to have dinner on Friday night. Until Friday afternoon, she sent me a message and she said, and they just canceled the rest of the conference because of the impending weather. And I managed to get on a flight out this evening. So I'm going to have to miss dinner with you. And I was like, God damn it. I so was looking forward to see Ellen, but it turned out that it was a very wise decision because it started snowing on Friday afternoon and it's now Sunday morning and it's still snowing and it's going to snow through the rest of the day. And I think currently I'm sitting at about 14 inches. Wow. Of snow. It is breaking a snowfall record, both for the single biggest snow in April and we, it's now the most snowiest, most snowiest, the snowiest April on record for Minnesota. (laughs) So... Uh, the plow came through and plowed the street, but not my driveway. And I will be damned if I go through and plow that myself. I'm, I am not leaving this house until the plowing company comes back and does it for me. And if that means I have to miss work tomorrow, so be it. <laughs> What's the um, emergency supplies situation look like? Um, and I ask because, you know, Sam is at home right now in Buffalo she let me know this morning that she absolutely doesn't want to leave the house, but she's completely out of groceries. <laughs> and they uh, they also got hit with an ice storm yesterday, last night, and it's still kind of in it right now. And I actually, as I was checking out of my extended Stay America hotel in Waltham, Massachusetts this morning, there was a guy at the counter complaining that he had just come back from Puerto Rico and was stuck in Boston because he couldn't get to Buffalo. Uh, they completely closed the airport, I guess. And uh, uh, she doesn't want to go out and drive in it because people are being crazy. It's April. They turned off their winter driving brain already. And apparently mm-hmm. they're just not plowing or salting either. And I told her it's because they probably weren't planning on having to schedule plow drivers or having salt on hand for April. Mm-hmm. Right. So they just just have to wait and let it melt like in the South. Well... The good news is, since I saw this coming, I stopped at the grocery store on the way home on Friday after work, and I bought so much Diet Coke. <laughs> so I should be good. Good. That's all that Until matters. tomorrow on the Diet Coke. <laughs> Did you buy food, too, or are you just going to just <laughs> shake your way through the next day? <laughs> no, I have food. I'm, I'm fine for food. I made spaghetti last night. It's all good. I haven't cooked in so long. It may have been a year since I actually cooked a dish, but I made spaghetti last night. So I know I just eat like components now. Like I eat a bagel or a salad from the grocery store to actually cook a meal. I just don't have the energy. So I did that last night. So I should be able to survive this blizzard. This is why we're never getting a Blue Apron sponsorship. (laughs) Go eat a bagel. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, it's just kind of cold and gross here. Um, the The reason I was so busy this week is my day job, um, Boston Music Aviva, America's oldest professional contemporary chamber music ensemble, had its season finale last night, Saturday night, um, in Cambridge. And um, we've had rehearsals all week, and the church that we rehearse in blew its um, – they have radiators, and they blew their oil-burning furnace uh, motor – the day before our rehearsals started and so for the first day and a half of our rehearsals it was a patchwork of space heaters and whining musicians um (laughs) oh no and the problem is they're union so i can't tell them to suck it up because technically (laughs) they could tell me to go to hell uh and we finally got it working but there was a point on tuesday afternoon where i was uh you know elbows deep in grease in a boiler in a church basement in Newton, Massachusetts, wondering what life choices I had made. <laughs> That's scary. Aren't boilers kind of delicate and you need to know what you're doing to not blow yourself up? We had a guy on the phone who knows what he was Ooh. doing. He just couldn't physically be there. And so we were his hands, me and another guy. And he ended up coming and swapping out the motor. And he had already changed it once, but something was faulty with it. It would fire up and work for like an hour or two and then it would stop. So we would get our hopes up and then they would be dashed on wednesday morning i stopped in at like 7 a.m hours and hours before our rehearsal just to make sure the heat was working and it was 68 degrees and beautiful it was so nice i took a picture of the thermostat and texted it to everyone (laughs) and then i showed up an hour and a half later and had coasted down to 60 degrees because it had tripped oh no and you know 60 degrees isn't super uncomfortable that's where i keep my house most of the time but uh it is uh cold and let's say below the official union regulations for minimum temperature for a rehearsal space so mm-hmm. um we we made it work and everything was working and great but i yeah just called in the middle of april it's time for uh i want to make a global warming joke but i'm too sad <laughs> <laughs> but your teeth won't stop chattering <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> let's move on uh meredith you have a stump date for us uh that'll be well i guess a surprise to people although i would hope they wouldn't be wondering about this unless we told them to (laughs) yeah there's no reason that you would think that this would be why i was so busy this week um right yeah so the short story is and if you're squeamish about um surgery or um reproductive organs you may want to skip ahead a few minutes um (laughs) it's your fair warning um i decided to have my tubes tied um and the there's no real reason I decided to do it right now, except that, you know, since moving back to Michigan, I had to get new doctors. And so I saw my new doctor a few weeks ago, and we were talking about it. And I can't – this all kind of started with my liver surgery. Um, I have these benign liver cysts, and they don't cause any problems unless I have hormones, extra hormones in my body, including estrogen specifically. So I can't take uh, a lot of um, hormonal birth control. And uh, that wasn't a problem before. Um, It's not a really big problem right now, but I don't want it to become one. The danger would be if I were to get pregnant, it would be uh, very bad for me and the baby probably wouldn't live. Um, So I just kind of want to avoid that situation cropping up. I just don't want even the possibility of that happening. (laughs) So I I decided to have my tubes tied and just be done with it permanently. Um, It was a relatively easy outpatient procedure, um, but I've kind of been laid out um, since Friday morning. Um, And it's good because I wouldn't want to go anywhere right now anyway. It's kind of a disaster outside. So that's why I'm hunkering down is I've been um, 
taking Tylenol three and and zoning out and trying not to laugh because it hurts my stomach. <laughs> so it's actually I'm feeling so much better today. Yesterday was pretty rough. Um, and I was taking medicine all day, but I've only taken ibuprofen today and I'm able to, to stand up and walk around and I'm hoping I can go back to work tomorrow. That's, that's my goal. And I think hmm. at this rate, um, I'll be able to. So relatively easy, simple, quick procedure. And I'm glad that I did it. It just kind of gave me some peace of mind. Was it a local anesthetic or just a, a, a general? No, I had to go all the way under. Um, okay. They put, so there's three incisions. They're, they can do it, I guess, a couple different ways. And I've got two, one above like kind of each hip bone and then one inside my belly button um, because Ooh. it was a laparoscopic procedure. And um, so it's, it's uh, again, warning if you're squeamish, my belly button's full of blood, um, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> and the, the incisions are fine, but they are pretty bruised up. So my stomach looks pretty weird right now kind of splotchy and strange and I keep having to put large bandages over my belly button because it will kind of start bleeding now and then and staining my shirts <laughs> so that's that's the fun weekend I've been having you should um just just let your belly button go and then go to the mall and go to the piercing <laughs> pagoda and demand your money back and just see what happens what have you done to me <laughs> wait aren't they closing down Claire's mm-hmm oh. Hmm. There's a class action lawsuit that has your name written on it. That's right. Uh, so uh, is this congratulations, I guess? Yeah. I mean, it was I'm a successful operation and mm-hmm. you're happy and yeah. uh, very good. I promise if I ever get a vasectomy, we will discuss it on the show. Good. I would like to know, it was very interesting that um, all the female employees, the nurses and the doctors uh, that I came into contact with, you know, everybody has to ask your name, uh, your birthday, and what you're having done so they don't actually, you know, amputate one of my feet. um, Right. Without uh, uh, checking on what procedure I'm having done. And so, you know, I'd tell them my name and my birthday and that I was having a tubal ligation and all the women said, good for you. (laughs) And and the men said, one of the men said, are you a nurse? And the other one said, how many children do you have? I was like, wow. Jesus. This is great. Yeah. Oof. Is this like when you get an amputation and you put a Sharpie X on the leg that's being cut yes. off? I mean, I guess. So that's did exactly you, it. you just X the fallopian tubes to make sure they don't go for anything else? Or? They cir- Yeah, they circled on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. I wish they had. Well, uh... Yeah, I I don't have any fun surgery stories, but uh, yeah, like I said, I would say it was fun, but I'm glad I had. I'm glad I got it out of the way. <laughs> All right, uh, how about we go to a couple of throw your phone moments? We've got uh, several that we'll address throughout the week, but there are two that are probably worth covering now. The first is from listener Danny, and this is um, a little bit of a delayed reaction. A little bit. Are they time bandits if it's LRB, or do we need to come up with our own term for people catching up? Oh, I think mm. we need our own term. Yeah. Ooh. We can discuss that at a later date, maybe yes, on a can. nickname show. Ooh. Uh, so listener Danny says, listening to Anne and Christy on episode 307, parentheses, I'm behind, clearly required me to order large amounts of Skittles and peanut butter M&Ms on Amazon. So much for my <laughs> diet. This may also be a hug my phone. It is. There are no... M&Ms or Skittles left to order from Amazon at this point. And I had a, it, 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 it also gave me a huge craving for Skittles. That show was brutal. <laughs> well, you're in recovery now. You should be able to have whatever you want. Oh, I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Not that we need a reason. Uh, also got uh, a long throw your phone from Bet in Buffalo. Bet, I love you. I'm going to read as much of this as I can, and then if it tapers out, know that I still love you. Uh, she says this. I did a lot of LRB-related phone hugging this week. Hillary is a delight as always. Hell yes. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. When she name-checked me about the Simpsons birthday song, it made my day. I will come back with that anytime, and I will even sing the other parts the other song Bart writes before he and Michael write and sing the good one. This is, of course, uh, in uh, connection to back when Bet was giving us a weekly spreadsheet, excuse me, spreadsheet, spreadsheet. of Simpsons references uh, on TBTL. The only reason we stopped is because the guys tend to go back to the same well. Mm-hmm. And so it was getting a little redundant. The candy episode was so fun. And Mike, I am sorry Emily doesn't like sponge candy. Thanks for sticking with Bobby and I, though. Point of clarification, Mike probably misspoke. Emily likes sponge candy, and that's a compliment to sponge candy because she hates pretty much everything. (laughs) Also a compliment to Mike. I mean... Yeah, really. She has discriminating taste, and he makes the cut. (laughs) She has good taste in candy. Okay, that's a good point. And in dogs and cats. go for a ramekin full of uh, M&Ms right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Bobby, I wish my oldest email was as sweet as yours. It is not. However, there is a reason I held on to it. My oldest email is from March 2008 from the model coordinator for Suicide Girls. I had applied to be a model and it gotten accepted, uh, though I never went through with it. I was not a wife or mother at the time, just a single pastry chef living in Florida. Sounds like the dream to me. Uh, <laughs> it was just nice to be accepted. It was a boost to the old self-esteem for sure. Now that I have a child, I'm glad I didn't do it because, you know, that would come back to haunt me in the high school years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kept it in my inbox just to remind me I was good enough for something I used to do, uh, kind of idolize in my late teens and early 20s. I don't have a good power out, uh, but I do now have my own mic set up. Just saying. Hint, hint. There's a a winky face there. You are all the best. Uh, Thank you, Bet. Thank you for sharing your email. And uh, we'll keep that in mind about the microphone. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with that, why don't we start our week in review, Meredith? Okay. That brings us to Monday, 2614, America's Kids Got Laughing. Uh, (laughs) It's a pretty good show title. Um, We start out the week with Luke. Uh, telling us that Rudy and Daisy May are wrestling around, and he calls it what rumpusing, I think. He said it well, five times, and I still yeah. didn't get it right. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is that the point when he talked about the bumpuses? Oh, bumpuses. Maybe that's what it was. Uh-huh. Right from from a Christmas story. The the bumpus dogs. Okay. Um, I think that brings us to our first relevant time relevant uh, throw your phone. Um, Amanda wrote in and said, quote, it's like on a Christmas story when the Bumpuses dogs run through the house and ruin Thanksgiving, unquote. And she says that deserves a Brittany. Huh? Because <laughs> he really just said one holiday and then a, the wrong one. So that that was incredible. I caught that, too. Um, but I did not even notice it because I was so focused on whether he was going to say bumpuses correctly that I didn't even notice the Christmas <laughs> slash Thanksgiving issue. <laughs> you know what I immediately thought is that Luke loves Thanksgiving so much. You know, it's it's his favorite holiday for sure that he probably just transposed it onto Christmas because that's generally seen right. as the Judeo-Christian kind of like <laughs> ultimate holiday, right? And so he transposed his favorite onto it. 
it is the turkey they're destroying, and mm-hmm. turkey is more associated with Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's nothing worse than the Bumpuses roll through and ruin Flag Day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew is talking again about uh, his CD organization, um, but I think first we need to talk about the Hey Dummies video um, in which a man walks out of the fourth floor window and cleans a spot off of the outside of another window. Um, that was incredible to see. And, and Luke didn't notice it until Andrew points it out. And so we get to hear him watch that for the first time. And that was pretty incredible. They kind of theorize why he's doing this. Um, and he's doing something that seems like he doesn't really need to do it that way. Right. Um, and, and Luke theorizes that he might be mentally ill, um, or that it's insulation. And my first thought, which was kind of, um, uh, confirmed later in the week by other listeners that this person works shift work and is blocking out the light. Um, that's a really mm-hmm. effective way to block out light if you have to sleep during the day. But mm-hmm. it was kind of scary looking. I was nervous for that guy. It was the most thrilling thing that's happened on TBTL in a long time. Definitely. <laughs> Andrew's obliviousness to it is the part that actually kills me. I mean, the stunt is ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. But... <laughs> It's it's just like great comedy when something's happening in the background and is completely unacknowledged. I mean, Andrew couldn't have gotten away with that. If he had noticed it was happening, he could not have kept a straight oh, face. Oh, no way. No way. And it was actually, um, I thought, a boon for the Stens page because we got a, re- a lot of really great pictures and graphics out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, people taking <laughs> screenshots. <laughs> uh, uh, I was really happy with the Stens page uh, reaction to this event so good job everyone i think the banner picture still has the caption i Mm -hmm. wish you would step back from that ledge my friend (laughs) it's wonderful (laughs) uh they talk a little bit more about the postal service the band postal service i think because they come back from the break of course they have to do that um and then they talk about andrew removing sticky from jewel cases that's a little foreshadowing for later in the week his removal Mm -hmm. of sticky substances from other things Um, And then they talk about Doc Martens, um, how they're coming back into style. Everything 90s is new again, which is sad for me as someone who lived through that my teen years. Uh, I wish they would go away and stay away. Um, But Andrew had fond memories of a place called Chain Link Addiction going with his dad, and he got black Doc Martens and oxblood Doc Martens. I would have been very jealous of him when I was 13. Um, First of all, that he had two pair and that his parents would take him to get them (laughs) we're like "Uh, no we're not going to that creepy place uh there's a lot about state abbreviations and he plays uh they play a a genuinely funny clip from a comedian named gary gullman about state abbreviations how those came to be that was pretty funny and then somebody in the stents page uh put a picture of them up with with gary um a old friend it looks like Mm -hmm. they spent a fair amount of time going have we played this before? I don't know if we've played this before. Yeah, guys, you've played it before. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's still good. Um, mm-hmm. Luke said something. I wrote, okay, I'll, full disclosure, I took my notes well on Tylenol 3. Um, I had to catch up after my surgery. <laughs> so I wrote down that Luke thinks Missouri is spelled Mosuri, which is why it's abbreviated M-O, because I think he said something about how it starts with M-O, and I thought that was so funny. <laughs> Maybe it's just the codeine talking, but I cracked up at that. He got so many weird little details wrong this week, I feel like. 
Um, the top story for this week is that the signature require or for today, not this week. This was a really boring top story. Signature requirements are ending at Target and Walmart. Who cares? Nobody mm-hmm. writes anything legible. Nobody looks at them. You can draw a smiley face and nobody cares. I yep. care. You care? What was <laughs> the credit care. card policy at your second job and back when you were there? Well, we didn't get the... Um, whatever the verifone uh electronic sign things for a long time we had even until like the last couple of years that i worked there we printed out the slips and had people sign them and we checked every single signature uh what did you check it for though to make sure that it was the same signature and if it wasn't we asked to see an id i don't know if i've ever been asked that in my life the, the whole reason that target and walmart are are stopping this right is because it takes up time and they build a certain percentage of loss into their business calculations right mm-hmm. they can afford to take a five percent loss uh due to theft but when you sure. work for a small business like i did uh, that directly impacted the living of the owners and so we couldn't afford to say ah if we have some stuff stolen or or bad credit cards being used, whatever. It'll all shake out. We just can't can't do that. So check them all, ask for ID, all that stuff. I appreciate being asked for ID. I don't I don't I still don't really see the utility of the signature, but I, I always like it when people ask to see my ID to confirm that it's my credit card. That gives me some peace of mind. There was a whole period of time where people somehow decided that you shouldn't sign the back of your card even right. though there are certain places like the post office that won't take your credit card if it's not signed on the back at least then mm-hmm. but they were like I-, I forget what the rationale was um because if your card wasn't signed then the person was supposed to ask for the car i don't know what it was you were but supposed was to like, sign no. it right there i think right i it's just that if you don't sign the back of your credit card and then someone steals it and signs your name in their own handwriting, then when they mm-hmm. come to my store and I check the signature, it matches. Right. So now what if know. you get I the guess... guy what if you get the guy who writes C I D on his card? Oh yes. Then you ask for ID. Uh I had a guy once who on the back of his card wrote Ask for my shoe size and I said, What's your shoe size? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he says, What? And I said, it's this right here to ask for your shoe size. And he says, you're the only person who has ever asked me. Wow. Because you actually read it. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had somebody ask me to see my signature. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Well, well, it's it's a moot point now, right? Once we got the electronic signature pads, there was really no way to because we'd have to like pick the whole machine up and pull right, it around, around and, and take and look a look at it. at it and yeah then it just became so cumbersome so we stopped doing it so i guess we're in the same boat as everybody else the guys say that the selfie is the new signature and i think they're talking about like meeting famous people and i never thought about that but it's kind of true you don't ask for somebody's signature so much anymore um Mm-mm. maybe if you have something like you have a t-shirt or a book or something but if you meet a famous person you do want that picture with them it's a much um, like better my, record of your meeting. It them. is. It's it's a it's a fun memento, like my picture with Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, Luke talks about how he'll take the time if somebody wants a selfie with him, um, and he, he's flattered by it because he's not at the level of fame where it's annoying yet. I think he's still bummed about meeting that sports ball guy, and him turning him yeah. down in the airport. 
Uh, and then Andrew talks about how much he hates his profile, which is kind of sad. Um, we get an email, uh, a birthday wish slash dream court email, um, a plumbing explosion during a hurricane, something about Luke's house, I think. Um, and then the guys talk about how much they hate Jennifer Garner's Capital One commercials, and they call her act- acting patronizing, <laughs> which yeah. I guess I agree with. I've never thought of that, but that's a good way to describe it. She is pretty patronizing. I don't know. I really like Jennifer Garner. I watched Alias. It was a show that had one and a half amazing seasons, one and a half good seasons, and one terrible season, and she was fantastic in it. So Really? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe if the Capital One commercials is all you ever see her in, you wouldn't know that she does not solely do forehead acting the way Andrew says. (laughs) (laughs) She's been accused of that before. And this is always Luke's go-to is that it's not the, it's not the talent's fault. It's the producers and the suits and the whatever, you know, it gets the the script Mm -hmm. gets destroyed and all the fun parts get toned down. And so maybe that is the case with her capital one commercials and they're just they're just dumb credit card commercials. They're not meant to be high art. Right. But, and they um, they don't irritate me because no, they don't irritate me because I never see them. It's all y'all out there who watch live sports. I mean, that's your punishment. Oh, yeah. I don't see that either. you have to watch the commercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just get all yeah, the boner is. pills and credit card commercials, right? I don't get so many. Well, yeah. I guess I tune out the boner pills. The, the Jennifer Garner commercials, I just, I wonder why she does them. Like, oh, I bet she makes a ton of money uh-huh. off those. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think, naively, does Jennifer Garner need any more money? But then, of course she does, because she wants to be a productive, profiting human being. So why not? And she's got to help uh, Ben Affleck remove that tattoo from his back, <laughs> even though they're divorced. It's, it's part of the alimony? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Monday. All right, Tuesday, number 2615, The Facts of Life. Just a warning up front, there's not going to be very much facts talk from me in this day. Uh, Luke went on an adventure this morning, this morning, yesterday, whenever it was, uh, to what he essentially characterizes as a quickie mart to get special ingredients to make his uh, chicken tikka that he's extremely proud of. Hey, I just cooked for the first time in the year, so I'm not going to throw any shade on that. But um, the weather is terrible, and he's decided that he's going to be lumping it up today, and all the low-carbing is... All bets are off on the low-carbing. And so he ate, out of desperation, it sounds like, a violet crumble that one of his sisters brought back from Australia. I love some violet crumble. You do? I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think that's desperation one. at all. You can get them at um, <laughs> World Market, I think. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been moved to get one, but I w- if it's honeycomb, I would definitely. It's it. kind of uh, like honeycomb. It's kind of like a combination of honeycomb and that candy bar that Andrew can never remember. <laughs> that Oh, that one that's kind of crackly and. Kind of peanut buttery. Crispity, crunchy. Mm. I, I, I can't think of what it could Should be. Should you lay a finger on it? No, I don't think <laughs> so. Uh, oh, well, it'll come to me. Uh, and uh, true to form, we end the discussion of the Violet Crumble by playing a commercial from whatever, the 80s, 90s, 2000s from Australia about the Violet Crumble. 
Um, there's a lot of other stuff about Walter and DFTB in New Zealand that's pretty cute. I'm not friends with Walter, obviously, but I'm friends with David, so I see all the pictures that he's tagged in, and they're they're really cute. They are of him. They look like they're having a great the... time. Yeah, what a great trip. I'm really happy for them. I have a note that says, why are we listening to the Lord of the Rings orchestral score for donors of the day? Uh, top story is the New England Candy Company may close down. And I think we probably all heard Luke and Andrew's brains exploding as they figured out where the word Neko came from <laughs> during that discussion. I mean, I didn't know either, but it's, it wasn't exactly, you know, splitting the atom there. <laughs> it wasn't that amazing, guys. <laughs> and so they talk about how we may uh, no longer have Neko wafers or sweethearts, conversation hearts. Oh, Christy's the only one who's sad about that. Somebody um, will pick up the somebody will pick up the mantle of conversation hearts because. There are already knockoff ones out there. Oh, and yeah. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're ubiquitous to Valentine's Day. You have to have conversation hearts. It's yep. the it's the traditional Necco wafers that the only people who care are Christy Wise and I think priests trying to teach kids about communion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I like the Brock's brand of conversation hearts better. Anyway, not that I love either of them. Um, I did not know that Necco wafers were literally from the Civil War. I don't know if they've been sitting on the store shelves since the Civil War, but they were invented during the Civil War. So that explains quite a few things. Um, yeah. They talk about some of the different sayings that were on the conversation hearts that may have been uh, discontinued or added, including fax me, which leads to a whole bunch of fax talk. <laughs> I am just so uninterested in talking about fax machines. Yes, Luke, there are lots and lots and lots of businesses in this world that still use fax machines. I used one last week. <laughs> there we go. I, and it was successful and easy and fine. Like they were mm -hmm. talking about how impossible it is. Like we, I, maybe we've got some, some space age fax machines at work, but we have a scanner printer fax combo thing. Um, and you, it, it's hooked up to the internet and you literally just type in the number and hit fax and it goes and it's fine. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Amazing. I'm, uh, broadcasting from the office today and I literally have two multifunction printers, one on either side of me in this little room and both of them have fax capacity. Um, but neither of them are on a phone line because our email provider for work also has a fax component. Mm -hmm. So I just email a PDF to the phone number at something.com, somefaxthing.com, and it goes. And when people fax me, I give them my fax number, and it pops up in my email inbox as a PDF. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, the reason I've had luck. to do this, I don't usually have to fax records. I mean, I do work at a hospital, but I don't work directly with individual records, is because I've been changing my name, which is an absolute nightmare. And... Um, I have an account with Chase. My, my car loan is through Chase. And I also have a credit card, an Amazon credit card through Chase. And to change the, it was so bizarre because to change the name on my credit card, I could just email them a copy of my new license. But to change it for my car, I had to fax them a copy of my divorce decree. Fax them a copy of <laughs> wow. my divorce decree. So that's what I did. You All guys, right. 
Do you remember in the olden days, the prank with fax machines was to fax people pages of just solid black. Yes, and take all their toner. Yep. Or, <laughs> well, back then it was like the carbon rolls in the fax machine. Right. Mm-hmm. Just an evil person. Now I want to fax someone. Mm, fax pranks. Actually, hang on a second, guys. Um, we're not. I'm not stopping down. Let's keep rolling. I, people can hear all this. But I'm going to look up my fax number. If, if anybody wants to fax the little red bandwagon... Um, I'll I'll give you a number you can use for that because the only faxes I ever get for work are we buy classic cars or right. like office cleaning companies. We get a lot of spam through hours at work that is related to, to food delivery, usually subs. Oh. Um, so tons of like pizza and sub delivery. Um, I'm not going to give mine out because it's a communal fax machine and many, many, many people have access to it. And I don't want my name associated with <laughs> the bunch of garbage spam this is the uh i am the only person who sees this so please by all means fax me a sub because i am very hungry 617-354-8513 and 617 that's 617-354-8513 got it send your submarine sandwiches to me feel like we've accomplished some good today absolutely uh let's move on to hot pepper talk uh there's a story about a man who was actually hospitalized with what they call a thunderclap headache which i hadn't heard of but i read up on it it sounds terrible uh after eating a bunch of carolina reaper peppers in a pepper eating contest and they talk about the development of the carolina reaper by this guy smoking ed curry at the Puckerbutt Pepper Company. Uh, and this is when Luke realizes that people are crossbreeding peppers to make them hotter and that this is not something that is naturally occurring in nature. Of course they are. <laughs> they crossbreed everything to make everything more whatever. Or, yep. You know, like yep. <laughs> strawberries to make them sweeter, watermelon to make them have fewer seeds. Like that's how it works. And for some reason, eating really hot peppers has become a sport for some. So, yeah, they're going to be developing hotter and hotter ones. Mm-hmm. When I heard thunderclap, I just thought it was a super intense strain of gonorrhea. <laughs> Bobby! Oh, come on. <laughs> I used to work in the emergency room, and we would see those all the time, and it sounded really awful. Mm-hmm. Like, they uh, do just come on like a thunderclap. Not the clap, a headache. Ugh. You'd see both uh, in the year. Yeah. To be fair. Uh, this leads them to something called the Death Nut Challenge, which I had not heard of because I don't go in for these hot food eating challenges. But I guess it's just peanuts coated in whatever hot pepper dust. And uh, they play the um, the video of some guy doing this challenge. You got to throw your phone from... Megan saying YouTube video full of mouth noises, followed by multiple excited marks. She says, I'll be relying on you all to tell me if anything noteworthy happened during that six minutes or so, because no. It was very hard to listen to. That was disgusting. Uh, I think the part that Luke and Andrew really were delighted by was the flat affect that (laughs) this guy had through the whole thing. (laughs) He was like, well, it's pretty, pretty hot. Choo, yep. choo, choo, hot. That's yeah, pretty Not hot. as hot as I expected. Um, 
but then unfortunately he apparently screwed it up because he did not see receive the instruction sheet instruction card that came with the death nuts to tell him how to properly do the challenge so he had to issue a second video that had an apology for doing it wrong (laughs) that was very funny (laughs) (laughs) to all his internet fans who were devastated by it was a serious update to everyone watching his video right now (laughs) he's sorry he didn't get the instructions he was trying to do it right but he didn't Oh, man. Life is hard when you are a a high-level spicy food eater. I wonder if it just dulls the rest of your senses. Like, how do you get your thrills after a Carolina Reaper does nothing to you? That's probably why he's so bored with life and why he sounds so dull. Probably. (laughs) You think he started and he was just this really dynamic YouTube personality? Yes. Yes. His name is like buzzworthy. He didn't sound buzzworthy at all to me. Nope. This was an aspirational video more than anything, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a a short part of the episode that delighted me that they announced that it is P. Fletch's birthday. And Luke says in honor of her birthday, he's going to respond to every Howard Stern related (laughs) text that she sends all day. That's the best. That made me laugh out loud. Yes. Yep. I mean, I am not interested in Howard Stern. I don't listen to Howard Stern. But when Phyllis gets on a Stern-related thought, her texts are gold. I love how passionate she is about it. I used to listen to Stern, and I don't anymore. So I kind of get it, but I kind of don't because it's way different. But I I was kind of obsessed with it, too, when I used to listen. So I I love her passion, and I love that Luke is going to make himself available for all Mm Stern-related texts for the whole day. (laughs) I can tell when she's on a stern tear or something similar because my entire home screen of my iPhone will just be filled with Phyllis sent a message to your group mm-hmm. over and over and over again. <laughs> I love it. Um, moving into the email portion, we get one from Lee on the subject of Sky Jinx. Lee was lucky enough to get upgraded to first class for the first time ever, and he wasn't sure if he was allowed to recline in first class or not, so he wants this to be arbited by Luke, of course, our travel hacker, and Luke said, absolutely, you may recline your seat in first class. That is the whole point of first class, is getting to do stuff like that, and there's plenty of room to do it. I'm not a seat recliner by nature, so I guess the one time that I sat in first class, I didn't even consider doing it. I guess it's good to know that I have the option. Part of the etiquette here is that the tray table in first class is in the armrest. Right. So you're not messing up somebody's setup by doing that. Yeah, you're not knocking their their Chardonnay into their lap by by reclining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Uh, And I was surprised they did kind of a... Sneak attack OPP from Christine, who has a friend with a new boyfriend who Christine finds gross. And the problem is that Christine's boyfriend is now becoming friends with this gross guy. And she wants to know what she should do, how she should deal with having to interact with this person that she doesn't care for. And uh, they don't really give her any good advice. Nope. Luke said that the boyfriend's recipe, uh, relationship with this guy should just be completely independent of Christine and she should try to just make herself absent, I guess. But how do you do that when your best friend and your boyfriend are 
pals with the same person and there's an expectation that you're going to spend time with them. So I don't know. And, and Andrew's contribution is that he just hates hanging out with people in general. <laughs> <laughs> so he would never get into this situation because he doesn't do things with people. I've been in this situation and my tactic is to number one, turn it into a game and try to enjoy it. So you can make eyes at somebody who knows how you feel about this person when they're being whatever they're doing, you know, they're being their annoying self. You can glance at your friend and be like, yeah, we're going to talk about this later. Um, or the more um, optimistic way to look at this is to try and find something you do like about them, uh, which can be difficult, but maybe there's something, you know, that your friend sees in them that you don't, and you could try to see it. Or you could judge the people in your life who like this person and re remember yeah. that this means that they are flawed somehow because their judgment. I mean, this is just like Emily and Mike, like everybody has blind spots. <laughs> Ouch. That hurts my stomach. Bobby. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> uh, then there's a whole bunch of stuff. That's just little bitsy PC that wraps up the episode. I'm not even sure exactly what to add uh, commentary on the tinfoil over the windows which we touched on uh, Luke was at the hotel deluxe and even though he put the do not disturb sign on the door they still knocked and Andrew says this happens to him a lot that's I've never insane. had it happen to me I don't know I haven't you, you put the chain on the door or they don't do the chain anymore they have that little bar thing so then they can knock away then even if they open the door it only goes open three inches and they can't get in and they know you're there they can still wake you up i i was just at a hotel because i was at a conference in denver for the first half of the week and my hotel did have a chain i was kind of surprised by that um and instead of a do not disturb sign they had a tassel that you put on the doorknob <laughs> and, okay. and i i generally don't need you know it was a short stay i was there for f four days and uh, I generally don't care if they're in there. Uh, I don't need my room cleaned every day. So I would leave the tassel on there. And when I would come back from the conference every day, there was a little uh, note tucked under my door that said, in respect for your do not disturb tassel, housekeeping did not service your room today. <laughs> they didn't at all. Like I've never had them knock on the door or come in when my tassel or my sign was on the door. They, they must be doing it wrong. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I was in an extended stay America all week. And one of the things that they do is for those who've never stayed in one, it's a pretty low rent, uh, but actually surprisingly comfortable um, extended stay situation where you have like a kitchenette in your room and they don't do housekeeping every day. You can, you can pay a little bit to have them come in. You have to just call up to the desk and arrange it. Um, and if you want to swap towels or something, you can bring your towels down and get more from the front desk. Um, and I just didn't, I didn't let anyone in all week. Um, and I actually, because we're in the process of moving and I'm kind of down to a traveling hobo uh, kit, I just, <laughs> you know, my bindle has my, has a big bath sheet that I really like in it. Um, and I knew I was going to have a week's worth of laundry by the time I was done anyway. So I just used my own towel all week. I also brought one of my own pillows all week because I just figured, hell, if I'm going to be there for that long. Um, sure. I yeah. sort of made myself at home a little bit. And the only time I used one of their towels was this morning because I didn't want to get mine wet right before I checked out. But, um, yeah, it was awesome actually not having anyone. Like, there was a do not disturb sign. And I actually wondered why. Because unless you ask for it, they don't come knocking. 
This is probably yeah. a really big um, benefit to the various drug dealers and other people who stay in these kinds of hotels. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of SVU lately, and, and, and that would be real helpful for a lot of those people. Yeah. <laughs> Meredith's life lesson. Hmm. Um, I wrote this in my notes, and I thought it was from Tuesday. That was the the episode that had a reference to Fogo de Chao, right? The Brazilian steakhouse yes. situation. I, mm-hmm. I decided not to include that because it was just right in the middle of all this a tangent about Brazilian steakhouses. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to put out this this note that if you've never gone, I've only been for lunch. But the trick is it's the same menu, but it's like $20 a person cheaper because Ooh. it's lunch. So if you want to just go gorge yourself at noon instead of gorging yourself at 7, um, just <laughs> go go for lunch and then take the rest of the day off like I did last time I went. It was great. And speaking of gorging yourself, I wasn't going to bring this up either, but it does come back later in the week that Andrew went to this Olympic pasta and pizza. Olympic, Olympia, I don't know. I wasn't listening. Uh, to get a meatball sub, and he loved the small town hominess of it, and he loved being served by Cher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's He all needs to come to Detroit today. and go to a Coney. They're all like that. <laughs> All right, Wednesday, 2616, Catbox Radio. Apologies to Anne. This is going to be gross. I know you don't want to talk about it. But Andrew starts out with a real hot take about a dollop, which he calls a dollop like 17 times. Really nasty. (sighs) No, Um, Meredith, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was like half the episode. We have to at least mention it. Um, I want everybody to know that I actually did fast forward through this dollop talk because I could not take it. (laughs) I don't normally fast forward through TBTL. I saved myself 17 minutes. Yeah, there was a lot of dollop talk. Um, My takeaway is that Andrew is so bad at cleaning up after cats. He's had cats forever and he's so terrible at it. When he was cleaning up their pee, he was just using vinegar or something. Like, what? what is he doing? I need to email him with some cat cleaning up tips because all he needed to do was get some Nature's Miracle disinfecting, let it sit for a second, and then clean it up with a paper towel and it would have been fine. He goes to nuclear option first off with goof off, which takes the paint off of the floor and he's a renter this was horrifying to me because he's gonna have to fix that he's gonna have to find the same paint and cover it up before he moves out but i guess he doesn't have to worry about that for a little while but i was pretty incredulous that that this is how he attacked it with a with a chisel and some goof off basically paint thinner <laughs> crazy so sorry sorry ann it was gross um we did get a fun through phone uh from kalina And she says, I love cats. I have four cats, but I've never, ever discussed their bowel movements or the messes they make with another human being. And yet here I sit (laughs) 20 minutes into (laughs) listening to the guys have a conversation about cat crap. We all definitely have Stockholm syndrome, right? So I'm sure you can identify with Kalina here, Anne, right? Uh Uh-huh. I do not have Stockholm syndrome. I do not. I refuse (laughs) to get on board with this. Well, I committed to recapping this episode, so I had to listen. Um, and I just, I just, I'm incredulous at how bad he is at this. Um, they talk about Woody Woodpecker a bit and how much of a dick he is. Um, True. They bring up, he is. I, I didn't really think about that either. Um, Mark Marin's house is for sale, um, and he's got another one. It, it seemed to me that Luke was in prime uh, name dropping mood this week because he mentions lindy west chris hayes 
um, the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Mark Marin, like all these people who have been on the show uh, that he knows mm-hmm. and are famous. Um, and specifically people who were on the show but now have gotten much more famous. Yeah, because Mark Marin was on the show before he started his podcast asking I me mean, for podcasts. Yeah. Which is rich. Um, and I, you know, Luke does know some famous people, but I, it just, it seemed really, it seemed kind of needy to me that he kept mentioning these people. Um, uh, whatever, Axel Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I've got his email still. I kept that one. That's my oldest email. <laughs> Um, they talk about basketball for a while. I was pretty doped up when I listened to this, and so I wrote something about basketball, D-League, Andre Ingram subs in. They think it's a temporary honorary thing, and he ends up killing it. That's what I wrote. I hope that sums it up. <laughs> it's a it's a sports movie dream come true. It's the guy who busts his ass forever and gets his shot and makes the most of it. It'll It'll be an inspirational movie when they make it. Good. Yeah. I'm happy for him. And he's um, a we, math tutor. OMG. Yeah. That was a delightful. man who plays basketball could also be good at math. What? Well, I have a soft spot in my heart for math people, right? I do um, too. And I love it when uh, sport people are also smart people because they have a reputation for not being so. And I think that's mean. Um, they talk about Jeremy Lin playing for Harvard a little bit. I don't know what the point of that was, but I wrote it down. Um, we get an email from Tim on foil on the windows indicating that that person might be a shift worker. And we get another email saying that faxes and pagers are frequently used in medicine. And that's very true. And it's not because they're behind the times. It's because they're more reliable and you can't mm-hmm. mess around with this stuff in, in hospitals. You know, they're, they're often um, huge buildings, lots of concrete and steel, right? So cell phones aren't going to work when you're in the basement, um, but pagers will. So we still use pagers all the time in, in, in hospitals because we have to be able to get a hold of people. Um, Sorry, I missed that code. I didn't have any bars. Right, exactly. I was in the basement and my phone wouldn't work. So that's not acceptable in medicine. So we still use pagers all the time. Um, and I don't think it, it's kind of weird and funny, but uh, it makes a lot of sense, I think. Did you guys have pagers? Oh, yeah. I didn't. I barely have a cell phone now. Yeah, I had a pager um, really early on when Duff and I first met. We were two and a half hours apart, and uh, it was a long-distance phone call. So if we wanted to talk, we didn't want to waste the minutes talking to each other's parents and one of us not being home or whatever. So we would page each other, and we had a little code going, like, can you talk right now, yes or no? And we would page each other back and forth until we could set up a time to talk on the phone. Oh. Thrifty. I know. Well, it got very expensive. That's why I got a job to pay my dad's sprint (laughs) bill. (laughs) Uh, They talk a little bit about uh, more emails. Luke's got thousands, a couple thousand and a half, maybe unread emails, and he just deletes them all on the show. Mm -hmm. This gave me major anxiety because I am a I'm an empty inbox person. Um, yes. I like to keep it uh, very categorized and I have, I save plenty of emails, but I, I put the, I read them all and I put them in the appropriate folder or archive them. I don't want them sitting in my inbox. That drives me crazy. And I cannot have a bunch of unread notifications on my phone. So I take care of those right away. So the fact that he just took them all and wiped them 
just kind of drove me crazy. And we also know that he did that with a bunch of listener emails in the past and mm-hmm. irritated a bunch of people. Yep. So that is Wednesday. I'm curious. Did you guys take a look at your oldest emails? I did. I've got it pulled up right now. It's from uh, September 30 of 2009. And it's from um, IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I signed up for that in <laughs> 2009. Did you, were you still working on that sprint bill? I guess so. <laughs> it's a really long email and there's a picture of a couple guinea pigs or gerbils. I will teach you to be rich.com. That is how they get you. Dot com. Dot com. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't even know how I would find my oldest e- email. I, I actually haven't had my Gmail account for that long because I just used whatever the uh, internet company gave me for a while. And I closed that account recently. So uh, that's all gone to the wind. And like Meredith, I just keep my inbox pared down to the bottom. I don't save anything in there. I guess at my work email, I have one that's maybe three or four years old. I think I started it by sending some of my coworkers a picture of a praying mantis wearing glasses. (laughs) And that started a chain of people sending around pictures of animals wearing glasses. And there was one that was a guinea pig wearing a little space alien type outfit. And glasses that it was so cute, I kept it. So that's was probably the oldest of thing that I have. Giddy pig email thing going around. I don't know. Maybe. I think. I bet I can find it if I just Google. I just forwarded mine to Little Red Bandwagon at gmail dot com, so you guys can see. It's really long, and I don't know if I've I've had uh, almost ten years to read it, and I haven't done it. Sorry, I just got I just saw Anne's and now we have a show picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> Looks like a little professor bee. <laughs> oh, it's a bee costume. I yeah. never realized that. <laughs> All these years later, we're still finding joy in this picture. <laughs> a guinea pig wearing a bee costume and glasses. Got mm-hmm. little John Lennon glasses. There's like a professor. He's a smart bee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we move on to Thursday? Yes. I guess. Number 2617, Zapto Currency. Uh, we start with a lot of hibiscus tea talk, and that's as much as I want to say about that, because I am so uninterested <laughs> in how Andrew feels about floral teas. Uh, but the big news is that Luke bought a fraction of a Bitcoin. Um, he, uh, the going cost, the going rate for a Bitcoin at that particular time was $7,831. And he bought $200 worth of a Bitcoin, which he says, is that 125th? No, it's 139th of a Bitcoin, Luke, because you cannot do math. Um, you, just, and... you just divide by one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. My phone is so broken. Um, It's like he's all of a sudden, he's just discovered day trading as this new form of gambling, as he's obsessed with the price of his Bitcoin. I mean, I isn't stock in some way just another cryptocurrency? I realize that there's a physical company at the end of it, but... 
essentially stock is just a giant exercise in psychology. It's just ones and zeros on a board, more or less. And mm-hmm. I don't really see how any of the cryptocurrencies at the bottom of it are any different than that. It's just people moving ones and zeros around. But this may be healthier for him than going and dropping a few hundred bucks at the casino. So I guess it could be an improvement. My dad is just like this. My dad has like all these stock apps on his phone and he wants to show me exactly, you know, when he bought the stock and oh, look, it went down and now it goes up. And I'm like, okay, that's great, dad. This is what happens when people buy Bitcoin though. I've got a couple friends who do it and they have the Coinbase app and they're just constantly like, oh, I just lost three dollars uh-huh. you know it just becomes an obsession yep. at least there's some up and down here and you make a good point because if not for this luke's next terror could be having a great lead on an uh surprise horse in the fourth race like yes. like he could put his money to something and then it's gone three minutes later at least here i mean yeah he picked up on the It'll day just... trading magic he already took his investment out so he's you know it's all gravy until it's gone now we can just enjoy the ride Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Andrew that brought up that Jen got to this first when she said at the 10th, an- 10th anniversary show that she had bought a, a quarter of a Bitcoin, I think. Uh, and that gives us for the first time some sort of uh, idea of what she must have spent on it. Because if Luke spent 200 bucks and that got him like two and a half percent of a Bitcoin and she got a quarter of a Bitcoin, she must have spent like I don't know, seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you have that money, and you are cool with the idea of it disappearing, I guess, then by all means, do whatever you want. If it brings you joy, <laughs> then I support it fully. You know what brings me joy is watching <laughs> my money market account slowly, slowly increase and never decrease. <laughs> yes, indeed. I don't indeed. go in for the high, high risk. I, I like mm-hmm. a. A slow increase with no decrease. I that. would rather it be there in 40 years with much appreciation rather mm-hmm. than be exciting now. Yeah. Of course, uh, what I do think of is college age Bobby and all the times I blew 50 or or $100 on something stupid when I could have bought a few Bitcoin and then forgotten about them for uh, a decade. I know. Because oh, I knew people who were buying and selling Bitcoin back then. And when it, it started out at what, like twenty dollars or under twenty? Something like that. It's ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Well, you don't know Apple's going to be Apple back in the day. Yeah. You don't know Bitcoin's going to be Bitcoin. But I just read a whole thing about how the Bitcoin bubble was about to burst. So we shall see. Um, Andrew has lots of questions about Bitcoin, uh, including how is it a finite resource and can you buy parts of separate bitcoins like could luke buy a quarter of this one and a quarter of that one luke it's what it's not a difference it, it's does just, it make no it's not a physical thing no. <laughs> you can't whatever and they talk about a bunch of different kinds of cryptocurrency including titcoin and you guys know that I'm not averse to Googling something for the show, but I did not Google Titcoin, not because I was worried about my internet history, but because I just don't want that in my brain. That's not necessary to know any more about that. Nope. Well, I just did because <laughs> I hadn't done it before. A <laughs> uh, couple of notes. Uh, I, first of all, 
I did this in an incognito window. I'm not an idiot. Um, there's a Wikipedia article that comes up. There's also some pictures, like the image search that comes up, the top results. The first one is a picture of what I assume is a tit coin. It's a gold coin, uh, uh, like a graphic of a gold coin with uh, what appears to be the silhouette of a naked lady on it and the word tit (laughs) in capital letters, as if it wasn't clear enough from the naked lady. Um, And then there are some graphics of um, a naked lady on an iPhone. And then is Titcoin a scam? Question mark. Probably. Probably. As long as Luke doesn't start buying it. Just leave that in the tiny little corner of the internet that that's in Luke you don't need it yeah there are a couple of tangents during this that I pulled out Uh, they talk about Phil Collins for a while and it's not that interesting I mean Meredith I know that you are a Phil Collins oh I really enjoyed that yeah Um, about how he decided to get sober but then eventually he decided that he can now drink again because he can handle it and it's it's fine and how the sober community was very skeptical about that I thought the really interesting part of this was that Luke uh, conceded that he has considered giving up alcohol like he has been sort of concerned enough about his behavior patterns and his alcohol consumption that he has at least had some token thoughts about giving it up and I thought that was very interesting that doesn't surprise Uh, me I think he he's joked about it a lot which tells me that he is that in some part of his mind it's serious Mm -hmm. yeah you know but he's really I think changed his relationship with alcohol a lot in the last five years or so really since he met Carrie Mm -hmm. I think he's just in a much better place emotionally so he has a healthier relationship with it now, and I'm glad. Those are really great stories, but not healthy behavior for him. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts of the week, then, was the scam phone call that he got while they were talking. I really love it when his landline rings during the show, and he answered it because it's always yeah. so entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's good and, off the cuff. Uh, it, he is. It was from the, quote, Windows Service Department unquote and luke played this so perfectly by inviting the guy to come out and look at his (laughs) windows and like give him a quote on how much it would be to clean them i always ask them which machine they're talking about because i don't own any windows products so (laughs) they can never tell me i kept one of those guys going for about half an hour a few weeks ago and I just, you know, I'll pretend to be going to my... First of all, I put on kind of an old man voice. And then I pretend <laughs> to be going to my computer. And then it's Hold not, on, let me turn off my Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, it's not booting up right. <laughs> and then I holler for Martha to stop stop it with the talking. I'm on the phone. What's my dingus password? <laughs> and I, I do this because I figure the longer they're on the phone with me, the less time that person's on the phone with somebody's grandmother yes. somewhere, mm-hmm. right? So all mm-hmm. young people... Seize the opportunity to ruin these people's day. Um, yeah, have, have no mercy. Yep. Yep. Um, Andrew gets super excited about this and explains in detail that it's a scam and what kind of scam it is. And I'm like, Andrew, you think that anybody who has the technological capability to play a podcast does not know what this <laughs> scam is? <laughs> Come on. We all listen to This American Life, too. Come on. Indeed. A top story for the day is this uh, guy, Billy Mitchell, 
who was profiled in the documentary King of Kong. I would just like to make a note, Luke. The game is called Donkey Kong, not King Kong. King Kong is the movie. Donkey Kong is the game. Andrew got it, but Luke said it wrong multiple times. Uh, This guy, I guess, was a villain, and we all wanted him to fail, but he did hold the, the high score record for Donkey Kong, and it comes out that he may have cheated, potentially, and he's been stripped of his record titles. Um, I guess the backstory was that some nerd dug into it, and I say nerd with um, affection, just dug into the code and figured out that he was playing the game on an emulator instead of the specified arcade box, and that uh, provides an opportunity to fudge things. So, okay. I don't have anything more to say about it than that because I was not interested in seeing that documentary. The only thing that stuck out to me in this conversation is someone who gives very few shits about video games. I mean, if you like them, that's great, but just doesn't do it for me. Um, I think they mentioned Laconia, New Hampshire, just in passing, which is the home of Fun Spot, which is an, uh, like one of those family fun centers, but it's a really old rundown one. But it happens to be like the world headquarters of old arcade games. And it's up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire, but I've been there. And if you're into that kind of thing, it's super cool. Um, Sam took me there a couple of years ago and I think was disappointed at my lack of excitement because it's not for me. (laughs) Uh, I like, I like skee ball and stuff like that. And you Mm -hmm. know, the kind of games where you win tickets or give a carny your money and have it disappear like Bitcoin. But, uh, You know, if you're into that, it's cool. Uh, That's where all the nerds unite for these old video games, I guess. So just a name check to somewhere I've been. Fun spot, New Hampshire. Right. Yeah. Uh, Luke's conclusion is that if you put something fake or uh, scammy or lying on the Internet, you will be found out. Because there are enough people on the Internet that care deeply about specific things that someone is going to bust you eventually. I think that's hopefully true for politics mm-hmm. as well. Somebody Ugh. is going to bust you eventually. Yep. Especially if you're really bad at criminaling. Let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Andrew has come to the realization that he does not want to do birthday shout outs every day because it's a pain in the ass. But he still wants to stick it to the listeners who said, please don't do birthday shout outs. So he's decided that they're going to do them once a week in a segment called Happy Blur's Day. Why can't he just admit that he doesn't want to do this and it's not going to work and let it go? I don't know. Because we said we didn't want it and he has to be (laughs) obstinate. That's why. (laughs) Right. All right. So we can look forward to Thursdays anyway for the Happy Blur's Day segment. Uh, Then I wrote down a note that said they try to do math and it's embarrassing this was more Bitcoin updated stuff. I'm going to throw in our throw your phone moments from Thursday into there from Mackenzie. Quote, so I guess we divide that by one, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, our collective face palm is the tens equivalent of the last episode of MASH. So I, that moment was so mind boggling when they couldn't figure out how to divide by one. And uh, then Justina said, it's amazing how Luke can actually grasp the basics of cryptocurrency, but can't read numbers to the right of a decimal point. Insert, I'm an excellent driver drop here. True. 
I mean, really, I forget sometimes. <laughs> I took a lot of math classes. Obviously, I have a degree in it. And I forget that, you know, it's not as an important a part of other people's lives as it was in mine. But yeah, it's uh, it's so automatic for me, but I do it every day. You know, when he said mm-hmm. 0.028, I was like, it's 2.8%. Just move the decimal <laughs> over twice. It's not that hard. <laughs> But I guess that's not something that many, 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 many people have to deal with. And the two of them are especially terrible at this stuff. They really are. Um, In emails for the day, uh, Sam wrote in about the psychology experiments from the the No Shit Sherlock segment from last week, where she is an actual psychology student in that department at, what was it, University of British Columbia? I'm sorry, Sam, I forgot. Um, And she has participated in these psychology studies. She's a student who volunteers for them. Um, And she tells about the one she participated in where she had to smell 25 men's smelly shirts and then rate her perceived sexiness of the men. All I can say is, Sam, I so hope you were getting paid for that. Yeah. What Sam Sam doesn't know is that that study was actually about what levels of of misery will people subject themselves to for a tim hortons (laughs) gift card yes that goes into the other example she gave where she thought she was just sitting in the waiting room before going in to do the study but the study was actually seeing if she would engage with the other person sitting there in the waiting room with her i feel like Uh, i've read enough of these where people are have have that kind of bait and switch pulled on them that from the second I agreed to do it, I would be suspicious. Like, is this it? Mm-hmm. Is this it? <laughs> what What should I do now? Like, I think, I don't know if it would, if it would reflect my natural behavior. Um, well, I would just like to save them the time and money because I can tell them right away, I am not engaging with that person in the waiting room. Same. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's the end of Thursday. And that'll take us to Friday, 2618, Kermit the Fraud. Uh, I kept my notes pretty light, despite only having one day of notes to take. So if you ladies think I missed anything, please feel free to uh, jump in. Uh, At the top of the show, Luke implies that Andrew... First of all, Andrew did not go back to his old apartment, but Luke was uh, trying to be funny and implied that Andrew went back to his old apartment to clog his toilet. And I have not heard Andrew insist he didn't do something so quickly. (laughs) He was so horrified by that. Yeah, that was a weird joke. Uh, This stemmed from the plumbing problems at their old apartment and the water down below under their bathroom. And um, and Luke Luke was implying it might have been from misuse. And Andrew wanted it to be clear that it was a mechanical issue, not a biological issue. (laughs) It was just a leak. Then we get into more tea talk, um, and I'm only going to bring up tea talk because I just wanted to check. This is Stephen Smith tea that Andrew's obsessed about, except for the hibiscus tea, not Stephen A. Smith tea, which bothers me. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's just for Mike, mainly. Uh, tea talk leads to uh, talk of the Kermit the Frog meme where he's sipping the tea and doesn't give a fuck about anything that's basically mm-hmm. the gist of that meme right mm-hmm. but, i mean clearly that doesn't represent kermit well right because kermit gives a fuck about everything yeah. has nobody right. watched the muppet show 
Uh, I have to confess, it's been a long time for me. Um, the Muppets were never high on my childhood culture radar. I, I don't know why. There are a lot of gaps in my childhood thing. There's a lot, like, I didn't play a lot of video games. I didn't watch a lot of children's TV shows. I've just always been 50. <laughs> yeah, we knew that. So, well, yeah. I'm very sad that the death of my VCR means that I can't watch my Time Life collection of Muppet Show episodes anymore. Oh, when did your VCR die? I don't know, a couple of years ago. You had a VCR until a couple of years ago? Listen, I paid $100 for that at Target, and then <laughs> I didn't have to pay anything else for it. None of this TiVo bullshit where you have to buy the box, and then you have to pay a fee for it every month. This TiVo bullshit, and then your web TV isn't working right. And, and then your power glove goes out. <laughs> My VCR worked fine. I had to adapt a little bit to use it, but um, I just kept going until it gave up the ghost and died. And then I moved into the 20th century. What if I told you we could get all of your old VHSs converted to zip disk? I'm listening. <laughs> Listen, I have the Star Wars one as part of that collection. Have you considered just going to a pawn shop and seeing if you can find an old VCR? I feel like that's, or even like a thrift store. I feel like there's a certain time gap uh, where the technology is behind at your average Savers or Goodwill or whatever, Salvation Army. And they're just reaching the point where flat screen computer monitors of a decent size are making their way into donation mm -hmm. piles. Um, I bet you could still find like a VCR or a VCR DVD combo at a at a Salvation Army. Or eBay. We know how well that goes. <laughs> well, really, when you get down to it, it's not like I can't find that content again. I just object to paying for the same content twice. Go to YouTube. You just object to being able to land right at the spot in the movie where it's the content you want starts. You want to have to fast forward <laughs> and rewind to find it. <laughs> what am I going to do with my little car that's a VCR rewinder? True. <sighs> You're not going to be kind anymore. <laughs> Uh, Luke starts playing drops from the workplace harassment videos that the guys had to watch, which <laughs> I feel like is a surefire way to let your bosses know you didn't take it seriously. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, but he also, uh, at the end of his online training for this, printed out his certificate as proof that he completed it. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. You should hang... Is it up? Do you have it on display? No, I just put it in a in a drawer. I feel like we should get a really nice frame for you and I guess one for Luke. Sure. <laughs> should be like uh, diploma, superlative, harassment training. Just start filling the wall. Uh, and he does actually get asked for proof that he completed his training and just sends Nate Toby the picture of the certificate. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty great. No proof mm -hmm. needed for Andrew, but Nate knows them well enough that he wants to see <laughs> Luke's proof. <laughs> I was uh, I was going to say something about what he said to Nate when he sent it, but there's no... I've been marathoning The Office the last couple of weeks. And so I think we may have discussed this a week or two ago, but it is amazing how much that show doesn't hold up in the culture of 2018. I bet. Yeah. Especially the early seasons. It gets a little better as time goes on, but wow not okay uh anyway then we get to mariner's talk which i'm going to gloss over uh they come back in with it's not easy being green 
So the Kermit talk continues. Um, and then we get to an egregious uh, statement made by John Cena in a commercial for Armor All saying, quote, this car is literally my baby. Ugh. I repeat my statement about those who watch live sports having to deal with deserve. this because I've never seen this commercial. I haven't actually seen it either, but it did make me feel better for Meredith, who now can't physically have a car. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that it would never happen. Yeah. Uh, then we get into the um, technically blockers talk, the film Cock Blockers, where the rooster symbol takes the place of the word cock. Very, very smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie, at its face, from the marketing, looks like something no one should ever want to see and that we should all feel bad exists. But you may throw your phone from the nice lady, the one and only Christy Wise, who says two things. I'm related, but I'll read them both. Number one, the movie Blockers is great. All three ladies were pretty, intelligent, and independent. The PR reviewer is at fault for his racist outlook of the movie. <laughs> It'd be funny if PR stood for Puerto Rican there. <laughs> Sorry. I would undercut her message a little <laughs> and number two regarding bitcoin both of these guys seem very confused and delighted by this concept i have have never heard of the stock market my point exactly yep. yeah <laughs> so christy bringing it with the hot takes even though she's not on the show this week um i'm probably still not going to go see blockers although on the other hand now that i have movie pass maybe i'll just see it because i can for free i mean at this point i don't know that i want to give it two hours but i will take christy's endorsement as a possibility mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just um it's it just looks so bad i mean could it be that the marketing's that off base did they just not think that it would sell as a an empowerment movie so they went with this instead well, i don't know the comedic masterpiece of ike Barinholtz is on display <laughs> so he works at such a <laughs> subtle level most of the time True. Uh, I'm just I'm suspicious. Now I do trust Christie's judgment, but oof, that's a that's a a tall a tall order for me to go see that movie. Uh, if others have seen it, would you please let us know if we should? Really? Um, maybe if we get a mountain of support, I'll go for it. Again, for something that will cost me nothing. To I was about to see. say this is just a time investment for you. Yeah. So my time is valuable. That's like I that, know that's probably like ninety solid minutes, and I'll probably buy a soda. It's a, it's a whole thing. Andrew mentions that he was on Ron and Don recently, and he was asked uh, about podcasting, and he was being treated as a podcast guru. Uh, and there was discussion of podcast groupies, and I just wanted to make it clear that that's us, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Except he says the word intimate yeah. too many times. I don't consider myself a podcast groupie. I think uh, a groupie has a connotation of adoring and i'm pretty sure i don't adore luke and andrew yeah i think there are some other connotations to that too which really don't apply yes yes there are but we have flown to other cities to see them i mean that's uh we're just fans we're just tens super, super fans mm -hmm. yeah okay okay i get behind that yes uh andrew using the word intimate too well, much yeah i can hear that conversation in my mind and I can hear how uncomfortable Andrew was for the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm so glad I was not listening for that. But, but at least we all got to be uncomfortable, too. Mm 
<laughs> uh, the guys follow up um, or play the follow up interview rather with the so pitted guy who has become a relatively normal human being, except he still owns a skate and surf shop. And, you know, he, he is capitalizing on his minor celebrity in that world. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Good for him. Um, they also get into Antoine Dodson for the same reason. I guess Phyllis had actually posted uh, some follow-up with Antoine Dodson, and they play the live the live performance of the remix of his news tape that got turned into a song. Mm-hmm. You know how Mike always talks about how Andrew has bad taste in music? And I disagree with that because music is subjective and people should be able to listen to whatever they want to without being shamed. I think Luke should be a little ashamed of loving that Anton Blodson song. <laughs> I think that one was done by the Gregory Brothers. Is that correct? Does anybody know? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Because they're the ones who remix, uh, you know, they remix the I'm Happy of Myself kid. Mm-hmm. And they do all those songs. So I, I liked it for the five minutes that it was everywhere. And right. then I got real tired of it. Right. Uh, as I mentioned when I interrupted during Thursday talk, I think Luke took his seed money out of his Bitcoin uh, or out of Bitcoin and back into actual American dollars. So the only money he has left in Bitcoin is his profit to date. Uh, so at least that's smart of him. I mean, good. Yeah. You know, this mm-hmm. is like going to the casino and saying, I have $200. I'm only going to spend $200. It's for the entertainment value of that money. He's already gotten his $200 back. So whatever happens now, I mean, he can't be mad. Mm-mm. And Carrie knows that he has been messing around with Bitcoin, so now he can't in- reinvest on the sly. Yeah, she specifically dollars. said no more Bitcoin. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of there just being a weird ATM withdrawal from the ATM at Goldie's, now there's yeah. just a weird, a- uh, weird withdrawal from the Bitcoin app. <laughs> um, and Carrie is listening regularly enough to have caught that, so that's... Uh, then we get into the American Airlines Unlimited First Class Pass conversation, the Skyjinx talk, which, of course, made me go woo because I love all Skyjinx talk. Um, you know, American Airlines reneged on these passes that they sold these guys just because they went crazy using them and pretty much just agreed with the guys on everything they said here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, American Airlines should have put better rules on it, but they didn't. And uh, too bad. These guys can't live forever, so they should just have to eat it until it ends. I mean, um, maybe if they had been smart, they would have uh, legally shut down and changed their name one day and come back as a new company or something. (laughs) I don't understand why this is a topic of conversation. This is not a new story. I've heard it before. Mm -hmm. This this goes back like 10 years or something. Yeah. I don't understand why we're discussing it now. Something must have made it bubble up. Um, all I know is I'm super jealous. I would fly to Ontario for a sandwich if I had free first class. <laughs> Bobby, not? you would fly a lot of places for a sandwich. That's true. That's very true. Um, and then I just sort of stopped taking notes for Friday. Um, I got to music for your weekend. I realized I didn't care. So for Luke, I wrote, meh. <laughs> um, for Andrew, it was some some new single from that Breeders album. Uh, and then I'm just, I'm not writing it down if I don't like it because I just don't care anymore. And then Kelly in Pittsburgh, uh, a good fun one, skating Polly's, uh, skating Polly by louder and outer space. Or was it the other way around? I think it was the other way around. Other way around. That was a great song. Uh, yeah, it was. It yeah, was very nice. I like that a lot. Uh, and with that, let's do a little housekeeping. 
See, they don't say anything because I was at a hotel where they didn't have it. Buy from buy <laughs> right. stuff from us at uh, littleredbandwagon.com or if for some reason on this round sheet, 10710.com slash shop. The archive project is going as always. Uh, email us, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com to let the nice lady know you want in on that. Buy stuff on Amazon at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. It's that easy. Earbuds and Earworms. I believe the episode coming out this weekend is the one on the uh, greatest songs from 1994. Uh, and I forgot to put in one, but I, I can't imagine they didn't cover the fact that, that Warren G with Regulate is the song of 1994. Why would you listen to anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't I Saw the Sign? <laughs> I thought we're not supposed to like them anymore. Yeah, I think the racist undertones of that song kind of ruin it. Yeah. Yeah, well, but not back in 1994. Not then, oh, yeah, that's true. true. We didn't know. If you would like to get involved with the show, you can stop over at littleredbandwagon.com for all that good stuff. Send us a throw your phone or a hug your phone at throwyourphone.com. Come and see us on our Facebook page. We've had some good threads in the last couple of weeks go up. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and you can email us if you need to talk to us about something a little more in depth at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails or text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Meredith, you want to get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Keep it up with the Bitcoin. (laughs) Nailed it. Well done, guys. Yeah. Look at us. I only busted my stitches once.